You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome to your Thursday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. And unless you guys have been hiding under a rock, the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft is officially happening tonight. Heck, you might even be listening to this episode after the first round of the NFL Draft, depending on when you hit that play button. Hopefully you get it in before the first round, but either way, it's going to be one hell of a night. I'm super excited. Obviously, I'm recording this prior to Thursday. This is Wednesday night, and I did ask you guys to shoot me over some questions for the mailbag Thursday, which was a bit of a different kind of arrangement here. Typically, we do mailbags on Friday, but I figured you know, the first round of the draft is going to be obviously very important. We're going to get to look at all of the names that are left over and all that kind of stuff. So I figured that would make a lot more sense to talk about on Friday, all of the leftover names, some of the guys that the Rams might ultimately draft or try and trade up for or whatever the case may be, guys that may fit well. So we can start with the mailbag in this one, and then we'll kind of go through just our finishing touches, pre-draft, talk about the Big Board Thursday update, as well as whatever is left over in terms of the strategy for the Rams going into this draft. So we're going to begin with the mailbag, and the first one is from at Will Carilla. He said, how confident are you that a guy like Kendrick Green, Josh Myers, one of those guys in the round three to four range, could come in and start as rookies? Which of those mid-round graded interior offensive linemen are you highest on? Now, that is a good question, and ironically enough, you know, that interior offensive line position is usually one that's not all that invested heavily into, at least early in the draft. You're not going to see a lot of guards or centers go very high in the draft, and that pretty much is just the way the NFL works. Even when you look at the contract breakdowns, guards and centers are not among the highest paid positions in the NFL. Obviously, tackles make a lot more money, which is why guys like to play on the tackle, on the edge there, as opposed to playing on the inside. And so, Luckily for the Rams, they do have a need at that interior offensive line spot, specifically at center, and they could fill that need with potentially a player that could walk in on day one, drafted in rounds three, four, like you mentioned, and start from day one, in my opinion. Now, probably not going to get Landon Dickerson, the Alabama center, or a Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, but... You know, there's a lot of leftover guys, some intriguing names that you even mentioned. Kendrick Green, a guy that I very much like. I think he's one of the best centers in this class, regardless of where he gets drafted. Josh Myers, the guy out of Ohio State, another very interesting player. Wyatt Davis, probably not a center, but a very good guard prospect, also from Ohio State. There's Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater, who has caught a lot of steam over the past few weeks and dating back to the Senior Bowl. And, you know, he's probably a center convert. So, I think that, you know, if you're looking in round three, round four, Kendrick Green is probably the guy that may be left over and makes the most sense in terms of that scheme fit, the zone blocking scheme, being able to move to the second level, moving left and right, and just working and finding guys in space. I think he fits that and projects that role probably the best among these guys. And so I would go with Kendrick Green. But either way, this is why I don't think the Rams have to go with the center at 57 or even with their first pick is just because you could probably find a starter in that round three, round four range, maybe even a guy like Drew Dahlman, formerly of Stanford, and we know 
There is a connection there, obviously, with Kevin Carberry, the new offensive line coach for the Rams, also formerly of the Stanford Cardinal, where he was an offensive line coach as well. The next question is from at Assorted Goods PC. He said, I haven't been around for these for a while, but do you see the Rams making a pick at a position that isn't a need in their first few selections, taking the best player available type of situation? And it really just depends on, I guess, what you would consider a need or not. For example, you know, they could go receiver earlier than expected, but probably not going to be a factor when it comes to the offense. That receiver would probably be the wide receiver five. Not going to see a lot of snaps on offense, obviously, but they could also double down as a return man. And so I guess that would technically fill some sort of a need, maybe not necessarily the primary need, which would be the wide receiver position. But at the same time, you know, I could see them actually going with a position that isn't necessarily a need. They typically like to get one year ahead in terms of like the upcoming free agent schedule and things like that. They always seem to draft one year ahead, in my opinion. And that's why I wouldn't be shocked if they do go cornerback early, if they do go wide receiver early. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking at. Maybe even a tackle, probably not the most likely in terms of the tackles, but this tackle class is very good. And while that guy may not start as a rookie, you know, they could slide into a starting position the year after if Andrew Whitworth does decide to retire, or if he does decide to come back, you know, they could start at guard as a rookie and you could kick Austin Corbett to center. So there are a lot of possibilities there. I do think it's very possible. And that was a very good question. The next one is from at Rams 9920. He said, have you ever successfully predicted any of the Rams past draft picks prior to the draft? And there have been a few. Now, you know, I used to do a lot of mock drafts back in the day. I was just obsessed with trying to predict what was going to happen. So dating all the way back to like 2013-ish, those were the days when I would get a couple hits. I mean, just based off of how many mock drafts and things I was doing. Uh, so it was a lot easier, obviously, when you're taking so many chances and so many swings. But, you know, I had Aaron Donald going to the Rams pre-draft. I had Greg Robinson at one point going to the Rams pre-draft. Probably not something I should be all too proud of. He obviously did not work out very well. There have been a couple of other guys over the years. You know, I liked Taylor Rapp coming out of Washington. I don't know if I actually had him going to the Rams or not, but that was a guy that I very much liked. Bobby Evans was the name that I was intrigued by coming out of Oklahoma. That was kind of mid-draft. I seen that they were going with the strategy of drafting all the players that they actually had for pre-draft visits and, you know, just kind of deduced that they would take Evans based off of the pre-draft visit and things like that. So, you know, there have been multiple hits over the years, a lot of misses. Obviously, it's very hard to guess who the team is going to take, but a couple of hits and, you know, it's ultimately just an exercise. I think that the more shots you take, the better chances you have of actually hitting a couple of those picks. And so this year, haven't really done any mocks or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, I think we're getting more refined in terms of what the Rams want. We kind of know what they're looking for in terms of some positions, some positional value, pre-draft meeting kind of things. It's all getting more clear as the days go by. And so hopefully we can nail a few picks and predictions in this draft. There are a few more questions that we're going to dive into right after the break. So I appreciate you guys for sticking around and make sure to come back into the next segment. We're going to finish off with the rest of the questions and then dive into the draft strategy for the Rams going into this draft, as well as finishing our final touches on the big board update. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. 
For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first 5000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NFL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL and get started today. Welcome back to the second segment of this big board Thursday pre round one of the 2021 NFL draft episode of the locked on Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for making it to this segment and we're going to finish up with the final few questions that I was sent over by you guys on a whim. So I actually appreciate you guys for shooting them over on short notice. I know we kind of jumbled the plans here, but this is the way we decided to go, and I think it's going to be a good decision. So going on to the next question from at Ricky Justinian to what are some realistic options for the Rams at linebacker, maybe the Kentucky guy? And I mean, it really depends on where they actually intend to take a linebacker. I don't even know if they will at any point, but you know, if they're looking at the earlier range, you're talking about Jameen Davis probably going to be gone. I'm expecting him to be gone in those first 45-ish picks. I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Heck, he might even be a late first rounder, so I'm not holding my breath on that one, but you look at Jabril Cox of LSU. He's a name that I very much like. I think he could be available for the Rams. Dylan Moses of Alabama, I think on day three is a firm possibility. If they really want to wait for the late rounds, Grant Stewart is a guy that I like. Tony Fields, the second, I very much like out of West Virginia. He's a name that I would love to see added on day three. Cameron McGrone of Michigan, I think would be a nice addition in that round four-ish range if he is available. You look at some other names like Isaiah McDuffie, who the Rams have met with multiple times, I believe of Boston College. Also a late day three likely option in my opinion. So there are a handful of names there. I'm not keen on spending a very high pick on an inside linebacker personally, but if the Rams ultimately do decide to do that, think they're going to have their pick of the litter mostly and if they do decide to wait which kind of seems like they are indicating that they're going to go that route not going to get a day one starter probably but could get someone that's very good in terms of the depth and maybe take over down the road when somebody from the current roster either walks in free agency or whatever happens the next one's from at anthony underscore mars he said what's the chance that sneed takes another running back in tomorrow's draft lol you know i don't think it's completely at zero percent to be honest with you now I know it's kind of a joke and I don't think he's going to go running back before you know round seven if at all but I wouldn't be shocked if they do add somebody because they did lose Malcolm Brown to free agency but again you know I just don't think it's necessarily worth it you have K Makers obviously you have Daryl Henderson and then you have some other guys that they're sort of high on Xavier Jones Raymond Calais so I wouldn't personally invest in another running back, but if they do want to add a different type of body to that room, they could look to add someone who's a bit bigger, a bit more of a bruiser, kind of a ground and pound between the tackles type of runner, someone who could maybe block a little bit better than the other names. And, you know, that would pretty much be the same type of player as a Malcolm Brown. So I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I'm going to say the chances have to be less than 5% from my opinion. The next one's from Corey at CRS underscore ATC. Would the Rams consider trading up into the first for a player like Caleb Farley if he falls or if Justin Fields slides into the late 20s to secure a QB for the future or trade back later in the second and select a center like Creed Humphrey and draft a linebacker and cornerback later on? 
And that's a really good question. You know, I think it just really depends on how the draft kind of falls because this whole thing is very fluid, right? I feel like fans more often than not think teams know what they want to do exactly prior to the draft. And sometimes they do, right? They have contingency plans. Like if say, you know, this player that we want drops to us, we're going to call that pick in and we're done. And if he doesn't, you know, we did have this pre pre pre-draft word spoken type of agreement with a different team to ultimately try and trade with. So, you know, I think there is a possibility that either of those things happen. Don't think it's very likely that the Rams trade up. I just don't think that they have enough assets to where they can feel comfortable actually trading away more picks to move up. So don't think that's very likely. I just can't see it happening. I'm not going to say it's a zero chance that it happens, but I just don't think it's very realistic. Now, in terms of trading back, I think that's very realistic. And I think there's a very good chance that it's honestly going to happen just because the Rams, like I said, only have six picks in this draft. They always like to collect as many as they can. And while, you know, they look decent in that first 100 picks, they have three in the top 103 picks. They always strike me as a team that wants to move back, get a different guy that no one is really looking at very early, and then collect another pick, maybe two in that top 100, 110, 115 picks. And I think that's what they're going to try to implement in this draft once again. So I lean towards the more trade back like option. And hey, a center would be great if they do trade back. I do think that Creed Humphrey would probably be gone if they trade back. He might not even make it to 57, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone by then. So not likely that they get their hands on him if they trade back, but I do think that a lot of different options will be on the table. The last question is from at paulcat1969. He said, I believe the Rams draft based on personnel vacancies. Gurley is cut, draft Akers. Cooks goes, draft Jefferson. No Everett isn't going to be re-signed, draft Hopkins. What do you see as the biggest vacancies or future vacancies the Rams need to address this week? And this is the best question, in my opinion, of this entire day. That is very true. I noticed obviously the same things. They like to be one year ahead of the curve when it comes to some of the players that they may lose. And obviously Paul did a good job at breaking down which players they try to actually replace a year prior. And so that leads me to believe, and I've talked about it all week and really over the last few weeks, I think they're going to hammer this cornerback position probably early. Wouldn't be shocked if they do spend their first pick on a cornerback. But not only that, if they actually draft cornerback twice, you have Darius Williams as a free agent next year. So there's some uncertainty there. You lose Troy Hill to free agency now, so there's a clear hole at nickel. And then, you know, behind that, you got a bunch of unknowns in Dante Dion, David Long, and some of these other names. So I'm personally looking at cornerback as one of those positions that you mentioned that they might want to be ahead of in terms of, you know, the personnel changing. Wouldn't be shocked if tackle is up there maybe, but I'm looking at cornerback as the number one option. Tackle, in my opinion, would be right behind that one, and both would be very well and very wise to be playing for. In my opinion, you can never go wrong with having as many good tackles as you can, and especially cornerbacks with how the league is transitioned into a passing league. That is all for the questions for this episode. We're going to now transition into the final segment and talk about our finishing touches on the big board, as well as what the draft strategies and plans may be for the Rams going into this 2021 NFL draft. And while we've got you, make sure to check back on Friday when we recap day one of the 2021 NFL draft and talk about some of the remaining names that could be of interest for the Los Angeles Rams heading into day two. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of their great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't even start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You heard me correctly, that's two decades. We know there's no better time than right now to try and support family-owned businesses with this whole strange COVID-related stuff that we're living through. And if you are a person that likes to try and do things yourself, or if you're a professional that's simply looking for reliably low prices, you should honestly check out Rock Auto. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all of their available parts. If your car needs it, I'm betting that they probably have it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Tonight, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Welcome back to the final segment of what we would typically call our Big Board Thursday episode for the Locked On Rams podcast. And since we call it the Big Board episode, you know we had to at least dedicate one segment to the Big Board. And we're going to take our finishing looks and our finishing touches at this Big Board that I've assembled for the Rams. And I only have so many names that I can go through, only so much time that I can deep dive into prospects. But we're going to make sure to keep trying to update you guys as much as possible Post day one, I'm going to look at as many prospects as I can that could be of interest for the Rams. But right now, the way I look at it, I'm expecting the Rams to address certain positions. I mentioned them throughout the week. Ed Rusher is going to be one of them. Offensive line in general, probably the interior offensive line. Cornerback, I think, is a position that the Rams could double dip at. We'll certainly pick at least one cornerback. I'm certain of that. A wide receiver, same thing. They're going to draft at least one wide receiver. I know that for a fact. And, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm quite certain that they will spend at least one pick on a receiver. So, you know, just looking at my tiers here, I have a tier one, tier two, and tier three. Probably fair to expect some of the names, if not a majority of the names in tier one, to not be available. I'm talking about the Jeremiah Awusu Koromoas, the Christian Derisaws, Aziz Ojulari's, maybe a Landon Dickerson, Jason Oway, Asante Samuel Jr., Creed Humphrey. Dylan Radin's probably going to be available, maybe not. Joe Tryon, a guy that I really, really would have loved to have seen being available, but probably not. Rondell Moore, the receiver, he might be available, but receiver that early for the Rams, I don't know. Jalen Mayfield could be available. Elijah Molden, one of the names that I definitely think the Rams could legitimately draft if they do stay put at 57, or if they do trade back, they might still get their hands on a guy like that. So, a lot of those names not going to be available, but some of the names, when I look at those available names that I could potentially see dropping to the Rams, Landon Dickerson, one of them, you know, I'm looking at Creed Humphrey, maybe him, depending on what happens with Landon Dickerson and his medicals, if a team likes him early or whoever needs a center, you know, they might choose between Dickerson or Humphrey, and I don't know which one goes, but one of them should be available, I think, for the Rams. You look at Dylan Radins, potentially, depending on how teams view the tackle class. 
Rondell Moore, I think he should be available. Probably not going to be an option for the Rams that early. And then the two names that make the most sense that could potentially be legitimately available for the Rams, Jalen Mayfield and Elijah Molden. One is a tackle, one is a corner slash safety. I think both guys make a lot of sense for the Rams if they are available. And probably those two guys are the most likely to be available of all these names. You know, I'm going to definitely familiarize myself with these guys. I have gotten a chance to deep dive into their tape, but Again, you know, it's going to be very fascinating to see if the Rams do try to stay at 57 if one of these talented players does fall to them. You know, when we look at tier two, I got a lot of interesting names here. Jackson Carmen, the tackle center, Kendrick Green, receiver Dwayne Eskridge, linebacker Jabril Cox, edge rusher Ronnie Perkins, linebacker Jameen Davis. Out of all these names, I think Jameen Davis might be the only one that the Rams won't have a chance at, to be quite honest with you. Maybe another name like a Jabril Cox, maybe a Ronnie Perkins, but I'm quite certain that they will get their pick of the litter here if they want to draft any of these guys. And obviously there are a couple offensive linemen, a receiver, which may still be early for the Rams, a couple of linebackers. So a lot of good names there. And that takes us to day three, tier three, wide receiver, Daz Newsome, linebacker, Dylan Moses, edge rusher, Rashad Weaver, edge rusher, Joseph Osai, wide receiver, Tutu Atwell, Offensive tackle, Walker Little, and wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz. And I talked about it throughout the week on this podcast. I think Anthony Schwartz is one of the names that they're literally trying to get no matter what and could potentially overdraft. I'm just taking a guess on that one. I think they love the guy, his speed, what he brings to the table in an offensive perspective, maybe even on special teams. You know, I'm looking at some of these other names. To me, it just makes sense. You want to address the high value positions early, talking about the strategy for the Rams cornerback, offensive tackle, edge rusher, and address what's left over after that because the Rams don't necessarily need a receiver. And so you don't have to have that pressing need to go get one early. You can wait, you know, until round four. And that's pretty much where a guy like Anthony Schwartz could be scheduled to go. I think a lot of people expect him to go in that range. And that's a good value for a guy like that. He has game-breaking speed. He needs to work on a lot of the refinement process for a receiver. But if you can get a guy that runs a 4-2, in the fourth round, you know, you feel pretty good about that. You think you can develop him further as a receiver, but he definitely has one clear role in the NFL, and that's work vertical. You talk about the linebacker position. I think it makes sense for the Rams to wait, and it does seem that, you know, just based off of their pre-draft meetings that they are going to wait for day three, probably in that sixth, maybe seventh round, maybe fifth round, depending on what they really like at that position. I'm guessing they want to go corner early, a guy that maybe has some positional versatility between corner and safety, maybe offensive tackle, maybe edge rusher. I think they have a few names in mind that they're going to stick for at number 57 if they do drop. And, you know, they're not holding their breath that these guys are going to drop. And so I think Les Snead has been making those exploratory talks. The, you know, we're going to trade down just in case these guys are not available and have somebody in mind right now, a team that we think wants to move up and kind of have a word or spoken agreement to, you know, we're going to be ready to move just in case that these guys are not available to us at 57 and I think that's probably what's going to happen is the Rams are going to have a few names that they want at 57 these guys are probably not going to make it to 57 unfortunately and if they do great you just write their name into the card you sprint it up to Roger Goodell and he calls the player's name and if they're not available well you have kind of a contingency plan in place where you're already expecting to trade down you have made some exploratory calls with some teams that could be interested in moving up and you move back you know, maybe five, maybe 10 picks, whatever it might be, 15 picks, pick up another third round pick, maybe something like that. Give yourself another shot to go get another player 
in that top 100. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's probably where the Rams are going to lean to and what's ultimately going to happen. And I'm just curious to see if they end up picking at 57 or if they do end up trading back. We might have to wait until the third round to see the Rams pick, which is going to be boring, but it just kind of somehow always seems like it happens. So that is all we got for the strategy talk. I mean, we've hammered this nail on the head, I feel like, all week. It's so hard to predict. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Not even the Rams. No other team in the NFL knows. It's obviously a fluid situation. You never know who's going to be available. You never know which players are going to get drafted where. You might have an idea, but things always play out differently when it comes to the NFL draft. So I appreciate you guys for making it to the end of this episode. Make sure to sit back, relax, enjoy day one of the draft. It's going to be fun as hell. You know I'm going to be listening. You know I'm going to be watching intently, sharing my opinions all throughout Twitter, everywhere that I'm at. You guys can find me at QB's MVP. You can find the page at Locked On Rams. And make sure to check back. We're going to keep hammering this coverage going into Friday, going into next week, talking about what may be available for the Rams, who they ultimately pick, highlighting what they did in this draft, what their strategy was. And it's going to be a super fun next week and a half, two weeks, just talking about how this entire draft unfolded for the Rams as well as for the entire NFL. Just a reminder, like I said, you can find me on Twitter at QB's MEP. You can find the page at Locked On Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.